All righty. I am I'm ecstatic that, um, well, let me say this right. I don't want it to seem like I'm so happy as the last Wednesday. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy how quickly we got here. Um, it seemed like we just started. But before I jump in tonight, um, you know, for those who don't know, if you ever hear the term ministry of helps, it's usually what we're talking about is the team of people who allows the minister of the Lord to teach and to preach. So because we have a great ministry of helps team here, I was able to just come from my job in Mount Pleasant, pull in here, work on my sermon, and be ready for you tonight because we have people taking care of the lights. We have people taking care of the music team, the sound team. So let's put a hand together for our ministry of helps team. I am blessed enough to know that this is a team thing, right? Um, never assume that whoever's speaking here, it is a show featuring us. I just happen to be the talk piece of a beautiful team of people whose goal is to make sure that everyone is hearing the uncompromisable word of God. Can I get an amen? Um, next, I want to, uh, you know, I promised you a couple Wednesdays ago, I was going to provide with you, um, to you, some materials by Dr. Tony Evans. This is a, a minister in Texas who I have read a lot of his books. Our man's ministry actually went through a book um, called Kingdom Man. That's how I really found out about him. And ever since then, I started to read his books. So they're going to show you a couple of the books that he has um, written. Um, and I want you to write these titles down because it talks about, you know, some of the material that I've been covering, the power of the names of God, and, um, and so on and so on. So you're going to see a couple of his books. He actually has some devotionals. Um, he is all over my Kindle. Um, if, you, if you read a lot, it's, a, it's important that you realize that there's more names of God than the ones that I was able to give you these last couple Wednesdays, okay? So it's important that you dig into these resources because at the end of the day, it's about knowing your God. Do you know him? Do you know his names? Um, it would have been hard for me to marry my wife if I didn't know her name. It would have been hard for us to be married happily for 10 years if I didn't know her nicknames, if I didn't know her character, if I didn't know what made her happy, sad, or mad, if I was oblivious to that relationship, it wouldn't go well. But some of us, we treat God the opposite of what I described in a good marriage. We have to know God. We have to put ourselves in a position to know his name, to know what angers him, to know what what makes him say that we are the apple of his eye, and on and on and on. It's important that you know. Everything that I've done on these Wednesdays, under the power and the anointing of the Lord to speak about him, everything that we've done 
on our Sundays about kingdom living, everything at the foundation is knowing who God is and learning how to operate in his power. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. I'm in my teacher mode right now. I haven't hit the preacher voice yet. Most of you would notice when that happens. So today we're going to end our series on the names of God. And I want to take you back to Nehemiah 1.9, one of the scriptures that we started off with, which seems so long ago now. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the furthest part of heaven, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. And my question has always been, every time I say this scripture, is are you creating a place for the name of God to dwell in your house, at your workplace? I told you every Sunday before the praise team even practiced I, what comes out of my mouth is a prayer. Say, Lord, may this be a place where your name dwells. We assume because it's a church that it's a place where the name of God dwells. But unfortunately, I have been in buildings where God is not there. The presence of God is suffocated. It is a program. There's no program here. This is a place where the name of God dwells. His presence is here. Healings happen here. Provisions happen here. So when you walk in here on a Wednesday or if you tune in on any other day of the week, know that this is a place where the name of God dwells. Can I get an amen? Proverbs 18 and 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. You run to places that are safe because you have knowledge of that safety. You don't run to God for a safe place if you don't know him as a safe place. One of our favorite scriptures that a lot of Christians love to talk about is Psalm 91. The beginning of Psalm 91, before all those promises are talked about, it says something about you making God your refuge. You deciding that he is your safe place. Then after that, here comes all the promises. Right? So knowing the name of God, knowing how strong he is, knowing um, that when you walk in a room that he's with you, that's the type of knowledge that he wants us to know about him. Knowing the Lord allows you to experience all of him. The Lord reminds us that if we seek and draw closer to him, that we would not only find him, that he would draw closer to us too. And that's James 4, 7. The pursuit of God is knowing God. All right? I pursued Alice. I had to learn what not to do. I had to learn my speed. Some people in the past, I could move a little fast. Alice, I had to move a little slow. She was used to all those um, pickup lines. She was, you know, I had to woo her. And gift giving, I found out, is not her love language. So I'm buying her all these chocolates and stuff. And she's like, oh, this is great. I found out acts of service. So I had to volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> Quality time. 
PlayStation hang out with wife. She wins the day. Right? Some of us, we're throwing our own love languages on God, and God was like, I just need you to show up. I just need you to wake up and think about me. I need you to think about me in the noonday. I need you to think about me at night. If you just show up, you will learn more of me, and by that, I get to know more of you. The pursuit of God, right? The knowledge of him. We talked about Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Philippians 4.19, God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glories in Christ Jesus. You know, his name literally says he will provide. So if you're still questioning that tonight, you don't know him. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. 1 Peter 2 and 24, he who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. We talked about the understanding of were being a past tense word. Were, not will be healed. We were healed. If you are connected and you believe and have a relationship with Jehovah Rapha tonight, who is God, when you approach him with your needs of healing, you must by faith believe that you have already been healed the moment he said it is finished on the cross. That's where our faith begins. The foundation of any healing, of any understanding of who he is starts when he said it is finished and he died in three days, rose again. That means by his stripes, by his actions, I am healed. No matter what the doctor tells me, no matter what my body feels, and I gave you some stories to back that. Last week, Jehovah Shammah, Something about that word just makes me think of my mom, you know. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there, here. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Jehovah Shammah is there. We talked about the Hebrew boys in the fire. He was there. We talked about Peter on the water with the wind. He was there. We talked about you and your situation. He is there. Can I get an amen? I don't care what you feel tonight. God don't change according to your feelings. He's God. (laughs) I'm trying to stay in my teacher mode. So tonight, I want to end by talking about Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. And that's why I'm trying to really stay in this peace for a moment, because I don't want you to get distracted by my movements or my elevation of my voice. Tonight, I really need you to understand that God is the God of peace. The most important time to know that God is the God of peace is when the world around you is not. We've already talked about that God is here, Jehovah Shammah, but it goes deeper than that. He's the God of peace. I remember in college, 
2002-2006, I remember on every turn was fear. The fear of failure, fear in grades, who should I date, what do people feel about me, my weight, I can't afford school, should I join this group, I want to go study abroad, and on and on and on. It was always some place to worry, some place to fear, some place to have anxiety. Okay, college was a, a, a breeding ground for fear. It was for sale, and at times it was for free. And I remember talking to God, like, Lord, I'm running after peace. I, I, I want your peace. And my favorite scripture at that time was John 16, And this is Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I read that every day, multiple times. I would read it and then go to my professor, and my professor would say something like this. Good evening. I never give A's. Look to your left, look to your right. Half of you will flunk my class. And I'm sitting in the back going, mm. I ran back home. John 16, 33, read it again, read it again, right? It was, it was something, you know, some people tell me, well, you should have had faith the first time you read it. Yeah, sure, and I should have been strong after the first push-up I did too, but it didn't happen, did it? Right? Don't get faith mixed up with consistency, ladies and gentlemen. So I ran back to John 16, 33. I ran after peace. And another one I found, John 14, 27. I love this one too. This is another one of those when I read it, I think about my mom. Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus too. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Do you understand that is the answer of everything you may be fearing right now? Paul didn't say this. Any other disciple didn't say this. Your Savior said this. Jehovah Shalom said this. That peace I give you, not that superficial peace. You know, the word says if you just fall in love, you'd be peaceful. You know, if you go to K's jewelry and get some jewelry, life will be peaceful. If you get the chocolate and, 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 and the flowers or you get the date that you want or the degree that you want, yes, no, the title. If you get the title, no, the salary of the health insurance, then you'll be peaceful. That's superficial. That can change overnight. But my God doesn't. Can I get an Amen. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.
Everywhere you turn, there's reasons to be afraid. Everywhere, everything you read, everything you see, there's reasons to not trust. But I will remind you tonight that God is peace. See, and when you are plugged into God, peace becomes a part of your natural reaction. When you are plugged in to God, it, it, peace is your normal reaction to calamity. Peace is your normal reaction to trials and tribulations. Peace is the normal byproduct of being plugged in to Jehovah. Because not only is it his name, it's a part of his spirit and the fruit that should be produced when you're plugged in. I'm only just speaking from the word of God tonight. Do you trust God? You know, on Sunday, we talked about kingdom faith. That is believing the word of God no matter what the world brings us. It's, it's, it's trusting in God and dwelling in God. And when you dwell in God, the peace of God comes in opportunities that it seems like they shouldn't come. We've seen those people when life around them is crazy and they're smiling. What are you on? My mother used to say, I'm on Jesus. Right? When the world around you is going crazy and everyone is acting a certain way, then you look around as that is that is that little beam of light, and you look at Brother Richard and you know calamity is happening. Listen, not too long ago, my brother was in the middle of a fire, and when I saw him to console him, he's consoling me. What? He's smiling at me, and he's dealt with living through a fire. So, you know, maybe I'm maybe not getting what I'm saying. Not that he dealt with the fire. He was in it and burned. And when I saw him, he was smiling. That's Jehovah Shalom. You look at this man today, he is handsome as ever. Moving the hair to the side. Baby. <laughs> I love it. But those in this church during that moment know what I'm talking about. Those who dealt with him and curling during that time know what I'm talking about. In the middle of calamity, you would look at him and not even know that it happened because even though his body said that something happened, the spirit that was coming out of him was saying, Jehovah Shalom. So do you know him tonight? Galatians 5.22 tells us about the fruit of the spirit. The lack of peace in your life proves what spirit you are a part of. I know y'all love me. I don't have to ask anyone who you plugged into. The fruit that you produce proves to me what line you're plugged into, what kingdom you're plugged into. Because the kingdom of God, your fruit is the fruit of the spirit, which number three on the list is peace. So if calamity hit, Larry, I'm starting to move, I'm sorry. 
If calamity hits and peace is not even a part of your weaponry, it's not even a part of your language, it's not even a part of your DNA, I question who you plugged into. Because if you plugged into God, his spirit produces peace out of you. Galatians 5.22, we learn that it's the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Peace is a byproduct of having God's spirit in you. So if it's not there, you're not plugged in. And Jehovah Shalom wants you to be plugged in to him. Your normal day thinking, your normal day actions, to walk and talk in peace. I, I, I'll be honest, I am a man of war. I studied it, and my wife is completely different. She's a woman of peace. We've got many of arguments. I was like, Lord, why did you give me this peace for a woman? I want to go to war. Someone does something to my country. I don't want to say that. You know how I was going. And she's like, no, the Lord wouldn't want that. We should be peaceful and love them all. And I'm looking at her. I'm seeing no error in her word, so I'm mad because she's right. This mighty man of valor, I want to, and the Lord is like, no, listen to your wife. I am also a God of peace. And you got to bring even the God of peace to the party sometimes. Right? Because sometimes in the act of patriotism or the act of us being men and women of war, sometimes we lose ourself and God and turn to ourself, the fleshy version of us, and God is saying, where am I? In your flesh. That's some deep stuff tonight, y'all. And y'all didn't even ask for it. Hallelujah. So stay plugged in. Because Jehovah Shalom wants to show up. I'm reminded of Philippians 4 and 6. Be anxious for nothing. You know, I told you about my college experience. of I'm just navigating so much fear and Man, be anxious for nothing, the Lord says. I used that scripture on Sunday talking about kingdom faith. I'm using it again tonight talking about Jehovah Shalom. He wants to be peace in your life. Where does the name of God first appear in the Bible? It first appears talking about Gideon. Not too many people talk about Gideon. I don't talk about Gideon. Um, fun note, my son is a voracious reader. His biblical history is insane. Next time you see him, just ask him a Bible question. Nine times out of ten, he's going to get it right. My wife and I could be talking, and he'll correct us, and we look at each other like, most likely he's right. Because he remembers everything he learns in Res Kids, literally everything. Then he comes home. We bought him a Bible. He's read through it numerous times. The dude knows biblical history. So the other day I was just, hey, Nathaniel, tell me about Gideon. Well, Dad, he was a boom, 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 boom. And it gave me everything. All right? So again, test and see. 
All right? I'm just bragging on my little man real quick. So let me give you the background before I talk about Gideon. In chapter 6 of Judges, if you get a chance to read Judges, it, it, it gets kind of redundant. The beginning of the chapter say, and the people of God did evil in the eyes of God. Like, that was the continuous thing. Like, oh my gosh. So it started off that way. Um, so Gideon is living under the rule and regulation of the Mennonites. Okay? So what happens, the children of Israel do evil. God allows them to be conquered by another group of people. So at this time in the history, the people of God have been conquered by the Mennonites. Okay? So Gideon is a conquered person at this point. All right? I want us to understand the world that Gideon is living. Um, I also want to give a disclaimer that some of these Old Testament words are hard, so I may or may not be butchering words as I read. Hallelujah. All right, let's start off with verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the pertinent tree, which was in, I'm going to say Oprah, that's not right, but Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abnerite. While his son Gideon thrashed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Mennonites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty men of valor. Sometimes the Lord shows up on the scene in the middle of our quote-unquote captivity, and he tells us what he sees in us, even when we don't know that that's in us, right? Gideon does not see himself, which we will learn here in a second, as a mighty man of valor. Where have we seen this before? Moses just walking, God appears and pretty much says, you're about to do this. I see this in you. You are going to free my people. Moses is like, me? When God shows up on the scene, he is going to tell you what he sees in you. And if you really trust God, you're going to believe what he tells you. Let's keep going. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, it's the Lord. Wait, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? Wow, that was, that was gutsy. And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us in the hands of the Mennonites. He didn't talk about all that sin they was doing, but anyway. So then the Lord turned to him and said, go in the might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Mennonites. Have I not sent you? There we are again. A young man don't see himself at this moment in life as a man of valor. And God is not only telling him what he sees. He also is telling him, I've sent you to be a conqueror. What? Is that who I really am? What we're not seeing is, I know fear showed up. You know, when God comes and tells you to talk to your neighbor about him, and that fear comes up. Or when God tells you to post something, but it's too bold, it's too Christian, and that fear shows up. 
or, 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 when, or when anything happens that stretches you, that God wants you to do, and fear just shows up. It's not saying it, but you know it happens by the way he is talking. So he said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Once again, correlation with Moses. God told Moses to do something. Moses told God, I got a stutter. I can't really do what you said. Okay? Long story short, God proved himself over and over, and he begins to trust God. And this is the cool part. Then the Lord, this is verse 23, then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. At the end of the day, the Lord will come to you and reveal to you what your mission is on this earth. Gideon was not ready for that conversation. Fear came up that all of a sudden, not only did God come say, yes, I did call you, but I'm bringing you peace for the journey ahead. That's the coolness of our God. Not only will he come to you and tell you what he's called you to do, when that fear comes up, he will remind you, I'm also the God that brings you peace for this mission. And Gideon recognized him as the Lord is peace. Peace needs to come over everyone in this room about the mission that God has prepared you for. In this crazy world that we live in in 2021, one of the first things I said which drove me up the wall is the conditions of 2021 made Christians forget their mission. Completely forgotten. Nobody talking about Jesus. Nobody bringing people to church. Nobody trying to get people saved. Nobody trying to advance the kingdom of heaven. The fear and anxiety rolled through our community like no one else's business. And we forgot Jehovah Shalom. Now Gideon was a captive, and God called him to be a deliverer. I'm telling you, the story gets deeper. Like y'all should read about Gideon, where he had these men, and God was like, "Nope, I want you to <laughs> smaller man, smaller man. Wait, wait, wait. You got peace, right? You're not fearing me, okay? When's the last time y'all prayed to God? What's my destiny?" Those are dangerous prayers. Don't pray to God stuff like that if you ain't really about that life. If you're really not about handing over the keys of your life to God, don't pray prayers like, what is my destiny? Why do I need peace in this world? Because you have called me out to places. I remind you of Matthew 28 and 20 where he says, as he's going to heaven, I will be with you until the end of time. So he said that before he told you your mission. I'm going to be with you. But we're going to work. If y'all not working, y'all want the Lord to come back and y'all not working? We got to talk about the versions with the oil and the lamp and the ones who didn't. Y'all not working? God of peace to dwell in your mind. God of peace to dwell in your heart. God of peace to show up when the world supplies fear at every turn. God wants to remind us in the face of that fear, 
that he is the God of peace. And if you're plugged in, it's already your reaction. I remember a time where we dealt with some calamity in our family. And I remember the peace that was overwhelming as tragedy was around me. It didn't make any sense how peaceful I was. Was the tragedy still there? Yes. But how I was able to navigate it, God was graceful in that. When my friends lose a loved one or lose someone close, I always pray that God will supply peace to the situation. Because in most times we deal with death, the, the greatest healer is time, right? So I pray, God, bring peace to that situation. Bring peace to their heart. Bring peace to their mind because there's nothing else in the world that will work. Going back to John 14, 27, peace I give you, not the peace of this world, but I give you this. I think God wants to give us peace tonight. Some of you would tell me, I haven't been sleeping well. Have you talked to the God of peace? My daughter prays this prayer. She, when I lay my head down, I would not be afraid. When I lay down, my sleep will be sweet. She ain't talking to daddy. She's talking to Jehovah Shalom. I, I, I don't know why I feel this. I feel like maybe someone watching, I feel like you haven't been sleeping well. I feel like fear has been waking you up in the middle of the night. I feel like anxiety has, has been triggering you around 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and you're awake thinking about what you can't control. And the God of peace is saying, go back to sleep. I got you. But it all goes back to trust. It all goes back to knowing his word. It all goes back to your natural reaction to things. Because if you're not plugged up, you're going to allow anxiety and fear and worry to dominate your thoughts at all times. And that is not what the Lord has created kingdom people to do. Let the world worry, right? What was that? Matthew 6, I believe. Let tomorrow worry about itself. I don't want to worry about tomorrow. Me and God right here, right now. And he's the God of peace. Somebody say, Jehovah. Jehovah. Shalom. Shalom. Jehovah. Shalom. Shalom. Protect the peace. Drama is not allowed in 127 Riverside Drive, Alma, Michigan. Protect it. I don't check social media before I preach. There's things on there that can trigger me to fear instantly. Protect your peace. That can be people, too. Stop hanging out with these fear mongers. Right? Hang out with some Holy Ghost-filled people that's plugged in, who's contagious with the Lord. Maybe start acting like them. But protect your peace that he has given that he has provided to those who trust him. Stay connected. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, 
to give you a future and a hope. So when that idiot Satan brings you thoughts that are opposite of that, you respond with Jehovah Shalom. This is literally God saying, talking to us, for I know the thoughts I think towards you. Do you know how many times I've looked in the mirror and dealt with, uh, I don't know what you call it, um, just not liking myself because I'm a bigger guy. I know it's the name of it. I can't think of it. It's not important. But that's not my label anymore. Okay? I look in the mirror. I don't like who I see. My clothes is feeling tighter than I want it to be. And I start to think thoughts of who I think I am. 29 verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think about you. When's the last time you responded to the thoughts of yourself with, I know what Jehovah Shalom thinks about me, which I know would lead to peace? Come on, man. I need somebody on, on an organ. Just give me some notes. <laughs> Most of the battles in 2021, mainly for um, people older than 18, it's the battlefield of the mind. At 40, I deal with Satan in my mind more than I deal with anything else. And lately, I've been responding to those thought processes that try to realign themselves in me with Jehovah Shalom. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You know what that sound mind is? Peace. Hallelujah. Stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. Walk and talk with God. I don't care what people think about you. Your peace is everything. I protect it. I protect my peace. I protect my wife's peace. If a fear come up, I remind her. It's so funny because when I... When, I, when it's opposite, she reminds me. We're the greatest team ever, y'all, I'm telling you. Um, sometimes when I talk like this, I talk like I'm the, you know, I'm the spiritual head, but my wife is definitely the neck. I love that woman. Because when I'm low, she, it's like the Lord just, I mean, she just speaks of scripture and it's on target every time. The guy gave me a wife to remind me that I need peace. And God gave her a husband to remind her that she needs peace. Which means if you're in a partnership and one of you are fearing and destroying the peace of the house, it's time to fix it. Because it's a tag team of peace in 127 Riverside Drive. And it's been times where we could have fallen into the fear of the modern age. But then Jehovah Shalom wakes me up in the middle of the night it reminds me that I'm, that he's my source. Mm. Let me tell you this. When you are connected to God, this is for someone. He speaks all the time. All the time. It's never God, you're not speaking to me, I can't hear you. You're not putting yourself in the position to hear him. He talks to me all the time. Jehovah Shalom shows up in the most random conversations and gives me peace about something I'm about to do. Gives me a peace about what I'm about to wear. I'm telling you, 
God wants to be a part of every single part of your life. He wants to give you peace about everything. Because once you start worrying about clothes, you start worrying about food. Once you start worrying about food, you start worrying about money. Once you start worrying about money, it's like a little snowball going down a hill. It begins to get bigger than everything you do, everything you think, everything you spend money on. It's reacted through fear. And Jehovah Shalom says, it doesn't have to be that way. So stay connected to the source of your peace. Be reminded of the fruit that you should be producing. And I want to remind you of something that our pastor tells us all the time. Keep your nose in the book, your knees bent towards heaven, and your body in the house. That was really on rhythm too, that's crazy. The body in the house of God. Those three things push you in the position to have the fruit of the Spirit of God. And the third one on that list, say it with you on three. One, two, three, peace. Again, one, two, three, peace. God has provided it. It's in his character. It's who he is. Will you allow yourself to have it? And is it a part of your natural byproduct of being connected to Jehovah? Father, I love you so much. I, I'm humbled to, to have been able to do this the last four Wednesdays. To just talk about my God, talk about you. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shammai. Jehovah Shalom, so many other names, El Shaddai, Elohim, Adonai, and much more that we could have talked about. But we thank you that we have been alerted to the importance of knowing who you are. And Father, as we leave this place, we pray that you will continue to um, put us in a position to have you as our provider of peace, of healing, of you know, provisions, whatever it is, we, we want to find it in you and not in this world. And may we be a place where your name dwells. May our minds be a place where your name dwells. May this church and the people in it be a place where your name dwells. And we promise to be led by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for dealing with me for the last month. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, but we are all thankful the men of God is coming back. Hallelujah. Um, he's going to come back fresh. He's going to come back, you know, like anointed as he is. And I'm still part of the team. I'm still here. I'm not going nowhere. Um, but God is good. Um, don't forget his name. It's important as you venture out. And let me speak this over you. May God just appear in your daily living. May he interrupt your thinking. May he interrupt your job. May he interrupt. He has showed up in the middle of a conversation with me. And I dare you to obey his voice. I dare you. 
I dare you. I could tell you stories, but I don't want to. I love you all. Thank you so much again for being here. Um, This Sunday is the last part of our kingdom living. We're talking about the kingdom, well, kingdom power. And just, just a little snip, just to keep you coming to the well. We talked about kingdom living, kingdom love, kingdom faith last week. This week, kingdom power. The Lord wanted me to remind his people, you can't have two out of the three. You can't have the God and the Son without a spirit. So make sure you come back on Sunday. It's going to be good. Y'all have a good night. Thank you.